0: Great to have you here on this uh, Tuesday night. Uh, th- our next guest was considered a hero to the environmental movement. That is, of course, until this lifelong environmentalist uh, apologized on behalf of the movement, feeling that activists and those in power positions had gone way too far making, you know, unfounded de- you know, declarations like the world would end in 12 years or statements that climate change was an existential threat to the planet or humanity's survival. And that apology, which was published in Forbes magazine, wasn't just pulled, it kind of just disappeared. And now he finds himself pushed out of a movement he founded because his truth doesn't match their alarmism. Michael Schellenberger joins me now, American author, environmental leader, policy writer, co-founder of Breakthrough Institute, as well as founder of Environmental Progress. He also has a new book, Apocalypse Never, Why Environmental Alarmism Hurts Us All. And he also just finished a documentary back by Michael Moore, Planet of the Human, which uh, exposes the de- destruction of the renewable industry. And of course, uh, Michael, it is great to have you to the show um, and we have plenty to talk about. So good to have you with us.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: And um, it's interesting because I did see, I've got the book, which I'm now on page 28 of, of Apocalypse Never. And I did see the Michael Moore Planet of the Humans. Um, But this is one of those, I think this is kind of when uh, you were almost exited from the climate crowd, because that was very quickly quashed. And while it has been seen by millions, the (laughs) climate crowd did not want that movie um, substantiated in any way and or seen by the masses.
1: That's right. I mean, it was incredible the reaction to it. You knew that there was something really powerful in it for to have that kind of reaction. I mean, the problem with renewables has always been physical. There's just an energy density problem. There's not enough energy in sunlight, wind, and water to provide sufficient power. And so that physical reality is finally starting to catch up with advocates of renewables, and this movie documented that. It put a whole bunch of stuff on it that was kind of dumb and wrong um, around too many people on Earth and just really dark, wrong views. But nonetheless, yeah, absolutely. I think Planet of the Humans will be looked back upon as a really watershed moment in um, really, I think, the, the beginning of the end of apocalyptic environmentalism.
0: Because you are an environmentalist at heart, I mean, this is not new. You have spent decades fighting environmental um, causes that you truly believe in. Um, you know, you've you've put in the time, and you know, you you decided, I guess, uh, to speak out after a long time in this industry because you wrote a Forbes piece, and it started uh, with, you know, on behalf of environmentalists everywhere, I'd like to formally apologize for the climate scare we created over the past 30 years and that not only got you censored but the 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 groups that you had worked alongside were considered a hero among uh, essentially turned their backs on you
1: well yeah I mean I've been I've been canceled twice before so (laughs) um, in some ways um, you know it's more like okay I'm gonna get canceled on this issue now Um, I was canceled before the first time I was canceled um was when i we said that environmentalism is basically politically hopeless it can't actually achieve what it wants to achieve that was in t- 2005 and then and then in 2010 canceled when i said you can't solve climate change without nuclear power and so now i now here i am again 10 years later being canceled for saying that climate change is not the end of the world which is all the science basically says
0: but you believe in climate change, but you wrote uh, Apocalypse uh, Never because of the conversation about climate change. And, and I guess essentially you felt that the environmental movement had spiraled out of control with some of their messaging of the alarmism, the fact that we're going to be all dead, I guess, in 12 years. Um, you know, the world will come to an end. Human civilization will end as we know it, um, which in your mind would really undermine the, the environmental issues.
1: Well, that's right. I mean, I had a couple of motivations. I mean, the two big motivations were kids are really scared, you know, um, some very scary grown-ups misled children into thinking that the world is coming to an end and that those kids may not be live long enough to have children, um, which is horrible. I mean, it's just kids have enough to worry about. Seriously, if you have adolescents, I have a 14-year-old daughter, Mm -hmm. she's fine because I talked to her about the science. But her friends are truly, truly scared. And there's just no reason for that. There's plenty of things for them to worry about. They don't need this. And then the second issue is just that this is being used to, to deprive poor countries of cheap energy. The World Bank, all the big international development banks have basically stopped funding cheap and reliable energy in poor countries. And they're insisting that they use unreliable and expensive energy basically to stay with renewables, renewables are not, you cannot power a high energy industrial civilization with renewables. It's actually something that historians always knew. They always knew that you couldn't get the industrial revolution with wood. Wood Mm -hmm. did not Mm -hmm. have enough energy. They had to have coal or some higher energy content energy. So this is why I wrote the book. Obviously, I believe I'm passionate about it. I think there's something unethical occurring. This is not just me. I'm not just a like guy that writes books, actually. I consider myself an environmentalist. I consider myself an activist. Um, I was raised to care about people and the natural environment. That's all I've ever done. And this book is basically about addressing a couple of those, I mean, those two things and some other ones that, but it's not just like a, you know, I didn't write this because I just thought it'd be good to educate people about some random issue. This is something that I'm doing because I care about it and I think something wrong is happening.
0: And what is that wrong? Because, you know, the United Nations, you know, they're the ones who warn of dire consequences, like things like the raising sea levels, the worsening natural disasters, collapsing food systems, drought, floods. And this has been really, I mean, been not just adopted, it has become um, a blueprint for the environmental movement with groups like Extinction Rebellion, you've got Greta Thunberg out there. And they push these messages, people like AOC, where the world all of a sudden out of this UN report, um, gave us 12 years to live. And and when I heard that, I thought, well, if we've only got 12 years to live, I don't want to work for the next 12 years. And I certainly don't think I should be talking about the issues I am, because if i'm got 12 years i'm going to go find a bunker or do live out my dreams so but this has been adopted by the mainstream this is the messaging and if you do speak out against it as you are learning uh then you're a climate denier you're everything wrong in the world and you're essentially either canceled and or you know um basically characterized as as uh you know a freak
1: yeah <laughs> I haven't got freak yet, but I'm waiting for that one. I mean, for sure, there's definitely a kind of religious ostracization going on, of people that disagree. So, and there's a lot of focus on, on saying certain things, repeating certain lines, and they have. This is how they mislead. And so, this big thing, I just I got censored by Facebook today, right before I got on the call with you, and and the issues. One of the issues is this issue of natural disasters are natural disasters getting worse and if they are is it because of climate change well the first answer is no They're not getting worse. So fewer people are dying from natural disasters It's been an incredible 90% decline over 100 years even as population quadrupled It's been an 80% decline over the last 40 years including very poor countries have this is amazing beautiful news, right? There's basically no scenario that anybody can articulate where that reverses itself, where somehow more people start dying in natural disasters. So the way that this gets people misled is that they'll say things like, so we define a disaster by not the hurricane itself, but the hurricane's impact on people, right? So the hurricane could occur, and if if it doesn't hurt anybody or hurt anything, it's not a disaster. Um, It's a weather event. So they'll slip right. into that difference. They'll go back and forth on that difference and and they'll mislead the public, I believe de- deliberately, deliberately misleading people to actually believe that that natural disasters are getting worse. So one thing you might think is, are they getting worse in terms of their cost? No, they're not. <laughs> when you fact when you what they call normalize the data and you factor in increasing wealth, more buildings, more property, more things that are expensive to be destroyed by a hurricane, There's no increase in cost, so there's no evidence that these disasters are getting worse, and so therefore you can't say climate change is making disasters worse. Um, But that's just one of many things where I go through the data in Apocalypse Never in a way that I'm trying to. I wrote it really for my kids, you know, between the ages of two, you know, I wanted people that were 14 and 15 years old to be able to make a crack at this book. reading it it should be an entertaining book Um, but going I want to do this so it's a debunking and then basically the second third of it is how humans actually save nature and then the last third of it is why if environmental problems are manageable serious and real many of them and I describe what those are too why do we think it's the end of the world why are we so religiously apocalyptic
0: We are speaking with Michael Schellenberger. He is a leading environmentalist who has recently come out uh, and apologized on behalf of environmentalists. He's also authored a new book called Apocalypse Never because he believes that the climate change movement has moved too far in the wrong direction and is doing more harm than good. Michael, I want to pick up our conversation, um, you know, talking about Greta Thunberg. You know, she's young. She uh, has unbelievable influence and young people listen to her. And I've always felt a sense of a sorrow for this girl because I, th- I think in many ways she's used as a bit of a puppet, a prop. Um, and I think a lot of other people uh, are beginning to think that, but you know, she does carry influence. And, and do you believe that she believes in this or do you believe that she's being used by the movement?
1: Well, I mean, in some ways I think everybody's kind of used, I mean, you know, I think it's more like a virus <laughs> A mental virus. Um, I mean, I was apocalyptic at one point. Um, you know, I would say it was more, it was probably, now it's probably been less than half of the time that I've been an environmentalist, but certainly apocalyptic. Um, and I do kind of trace where that comes from. And I think it comes from a place to basically a very natural and universal place, which is to put oneself at the center of a larger story. And to have some meaning with it, where also there's a new morality, you know don't use plastic straws, don't eat meat, don't drive, don't fly, basically live like I live because I am the paragon of of what is ethical and and right and true in the world I mean that's a very old thing that's what I'm describing as a religion, right, so we would know it normally as a religion, but the difference here is you or I might be we might say we're Jewish or Christian or Muslim, but But environmentalists don't think that they have a religion. They think that they're following the science, when in reality they're in in the grip of what is basically an apocalyptic and uh, religious vision.
0: And why don't more scientists then speak out? Because this is now embedded. The language is uh, bought. Uh, The schools are teaching it. It has just become fact. Why doesn't um, the scientific community speak out?
1: Well, you know, the interesting thing is my book has been positively blurbed by, by the best, really, the best climate and environmental scientists. I mean, I have the father of climate scientists, Tom Wigley, who's one of the big climate modelers. I have another climate scientist from MIT, Carrie um, Emanuel, although we're having some dis- difference of opinion on an issue right now, so we'll see. But, um, you know, um, there I, I will say it this way. There are interests in hyping this threat obviously and i go through them i mean the obvious one is renewables um but there are definitely other interests that that are met by hyping it i mean i just know you know just but but i think the big money often is just from the you know the wealthy you know individual baby boomers often inherited their wealth they didn't actually have to work for it or or it didn't really come from actually doing productive things in society. These are society people, you know, these are opera and, and you know, and, you know, um, orchestra people um, who live in a kind of fantasy, you know, like a, they live in a fantasy reality. Um, you know, I find it so interesting how Hollywood is at the center of so much of it because Hollywood is a fan. It's a place where you're not only completely alienated from the means of production, you know, how you make food and energy, but, You're in an industry that's about fantasy. And those fantasies, those heroic narratives, in particular for people who no longer have traditional religion, you know, traditional religion kind of captures the need to feel immortal and have a life after death and believe in God. And if you don't have that anymore, then there's this large body. I mean, this is not me. I'm just, you know, in every situation, Mm -hmm. including on the theology and the psychology and anthropology, I'm relying on the best available. Research, right? Like I'm not, um, this is a book of, this is a book of science journalism. Um, So I'm reviewing, you know, this is coming from amazing psychological and anthropological works that kind of say everybody needs to believe that they have an afterlife. Everybody has to believe that they have something, you know, and a lot of people, it's grandkids, right? It's why the grandparents are so moved by by when their grandkids are around, it makes them so happy. They see themselves living on, but also, or for me, I, I wrote a book, you know, it's my effort at immortality. I'm honest about it. But I think the importance is if you're clear that everybody has that need and that in some sense we are always making some kind of religion around it, or even if we don't think we are, I think it makes us gets a little bit more distance from some of these ideas. And so I think these love, they really, true believers or whatever. I think they really are true believers. I don't think that they're getting up every morning and thinking that they're hoodwinking us or anything like that.
0: Do you have any regrets about speaking out? I mean, I'm sure it hasn't been pleasant. I'm sure you've had a lot of blowback um, from people that you likely knew very well, but do you have any regrets about it? And where do you see climate change and the whole movement going, especially in light of this pandemic, which I think has been a real interrupter in the world?
1: I don't have any regrets. I don't have any regrets about it. I, I mean, I am i don't have any regrets, but I'm sorry that it's taken, that it's been so hard. I mean, I mean, I don't know who I'm saying sorry to. I guess I'm sorry for myself <laughs> <laughs> that it's hard. Um, uh, but, you know, I mean, because I've had some people online, they're kind of like, well, wait, how long did you know? And that's kind of like, well, it's more complicated than I even put in that article, but it gets more boring too, which is just I had actually spoken out about climate alarmism in the past and suffered for it. I, meant, I put it in the article a bit, you know, that, you know, that I had spoken out, suffered for it, and then, you know, basically stood by. I did intervene, you know, I did try to intervene, you know, once, maybe one and a half times with a friend of mine who's a, who's a really brilliant scientist, the world expert on disasters and climate change. Um, I stood by while basically the mob came after him. And just completely smeared him politically. I mean, not politically, personally. Suggesting they always do this. They always suggest that you're taking money from some industry. It's just their go-to thing. They just did it last week to me on Friday. You know, I fought back online because what social media does is so radical. Is I can go onto Twitter and post my. I can say this is what these journalists are trying to do. These, you know, it's like sometimes it just strikes me like eighth grade again. But I can go on to Twitter and say, this is what they're trying to do. Um, it's not right. Please share this so people can see what they're doing. And it's amazing because, like, I'll look at the metrics of it, and it, like, gets viewed by more people than would probably read the guy's article at, in the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's like the yeah. it the controversy comes. So what I keep finding is, like, as of now because I've been doing this for a long time, I'm an old guy now, almost 50, and um, – you know, I find that you just have to put it out in public. You just have to kind of finally go, let's have the car. If you're going to keep demonizing me for kind of telling anyone to tell the truth about this, then I'm just going to go public with it because that's the only way to protect myself.
0: Well, the book is Apocalypse Never. It is on sale now. It is well worth your read. And, uh, Mike, I really appreciate you uh, joining us. I will not censor you here, uh, to my knowledge anyway, but uh, we'll have you on again. And I really appreciate you sharing your time with us.
1: Thanks for, thanks for having me.
0: And if you're also interested in seeing uh, Michael's documentary, it is called Planet of the Humans, and that is still, to my knowledge, online. It was taken down but uh, recently put back up.